welcome. Welcome to Let's Talk Talent, our new podcast series for HR leaders. Um, I'm Michael Gegg. I'm founder of South Thames Marketing, who are a marketing firm that supports professional services firms, one of which is Let's Talk Talent. Um, so I'm delighted to be co-hosting this podcast with Joe Taylor, founder of Let's Talk Talent. Joe, welcome. Hi, Michael. Hi, everybody. Really excited. It's our, kind of our first um, podcast. Three years ago, I set up Let's Talk Talent. I can't believe where that time has gone. But it's really exciting to be able to share some of our sort of philosophies, inspiration, ideas with you um, in sort of the next five, ten minutes. Cool. I was going to ask if you're excited or nervous. I think I'm actually nervous. I'm not sure I've done one. I've not done one of these before. Well, I came from a TV background, so you'd think I wouldn't be nervous. But actually, when you put a microphone in front of somebody, you sort of get a little bit tongue-tied. So, you know, excuse it if there's a few more um, <laughs> ahs. Um, we're going to try and make this as professional as we can. But at the end of the day, we want to have a bit of fun with it. And we'd love your opinions. Totally. Totally. So if you like what we're talking about, then let us know. If you think it's a load of rubbish, let us know. Um, but we'll be crafting the content with you um, as much as it coming from uh, Michael and I. Um, and that's the kind of philosophy, isn't it, about totally. you know, this. You know, there's no kind of right or wrong in HR. Um, it's really, really changed over the last sort of 20 years. So our opportunity is to kind of really give you that knowledge, some um, war stories of things that we've kind of both been through, but also some inspiration of what's really happening um, in the world of work and, and, and hopefully change the environment uh, for, the, for the greater good. Cool. And I, and I think that's really key. I think the, the key for me is um, hopefully that you'll all find this engaging because, you know, we're conscious that there are, there's a ton of podcasts out yeah. there and we really want to make sure that this is um, a series that you'll find really beneficial in in your roles so please do as Joe says you know feedback and, and let us know on uh, how we're doing and of other topics that could be definitely, of interest, definitely. interest as well um, now we've obviously uh, in preparation for this podcast talked about a number of topics that we thought would resonate with the listeners and um, certainly one that I've certainly read a lot about in the press recently, all around culture. There seems to be a ton of stuff out there about culture. So we thought um, for episode one, culture could be one of those good areas to, to tackle. Um, so with that, um, first question I'm gonna to post to you, Joe. Um, broad question, but what is culture? Oh, you start with a good one, don't you? The one that's gonna, oh, give me a little bit of thinking time. So I think culture for me is something, and you know, I might be being a little bit controversial here. There's a bit of an overused word. I think it's kind of one of those sort of management consultant words that people try and sell you loads of services about how they can improve your culture. And for me, culture is not a thing. It's not something that you can tangibly hold. And it's not owned by the CEO or the leadership team. I think culture is owned by everybody in the business. And for me, really it is, what does it mean to work here? And what does it mean to work in your organization? What are the cues and clues that you're building, um, your systems and processes, your leadership team give that make you think this is a brilliant place to work or this is not a great place to work? 
And when you think about the why people leave organisations, I don't think on any exit interview I've ever seen culture as a reason why they leave. But the symptoms of a bad culture are leaders that don't give feedback, that you don't have good career opportunities, that it's really difficult to navigate and understand how to work in, a, in the organisation. And they ultimately boil a plate up to culture. So what, what can people, what can people do about it? What can HR do about it? Well, I think HR need to, first and foremost, work with the senior leadership team, whether it's the CEO or you know their direct, their direct reports, and start to say, what do we want people to think and feel and do when they come into this organisation? So do is your ultimate exam question that you're trying to um, solve for that you want this to be an inclusive place to work? So you might focus on um, your diversity agenda or you might focus on your recruitment processes. But I think by asking yourself what your North Star is, you can then work out what are the, as an HRD, what are the pillars, I suppose, that I call them, that you need to activate that question? And then what is the work that comes out from that? So what a lot of people do when they think about culture, or we're going through a huge amount of change, is that they start to put in loads of processes to manage that change which is ultimately fixing the symptom and not the Mm. cause so my plea to you guys who are listening is to think about what is the ultimate exam question you're trying to solve and then take a step back and go how do we do that who do i need to involve and what is going to be different at the end of it rather than jump in and activate an activity which won't solve the meta question, which is how do we make, for example, this organisation more inclusive? And I think um, that whole inclusivity is a a really interesting area as well. So when you think about inclusivity, don't just think about the five generations that might be working in your organisation. So millennials or Generation Y or baby boomers. Think about how you can make it feel fair, consistent across the piece. Um, Because what a lot of people do is they focus on, oh, we need to attract more digital talent. And then Mm. they tend to put their um, reward strategy or they think, oh, I've got to have flexible working. And ultimately, they then end up turning off or disengaging huge elements of their workforce who perhaps don't need that. Yeah. So that's why I kind of think, if you think about what your meta question is and you think about the audience, so the way that we think at Let's Talk Talent is we look at it very much from a consumer perspective. So in the same way as if you were John Lewis, for example, and you were thinking, well, how do I attract people to my website to um, buy the latest gadget or ho- or Hoover, um, whatever it, it might be, you, you know who your audience is. And I think that HR needs to take that philosophy into the way they think about culture, they think about change, because by doing that, you're then being able to break down exactly what that customer, your internal customer wants. And you're also giving a real congruent story between what you're saying externally, so your marketing team might be saying externally to your customers, 
and your internal customers who may be feeling completely different um, and disconnected. So, so Joe, is there from your experience because you're you know you're experienced talent no D professional. Um, when you think back, are, you, are there any examples that you could give to our listeners which would help help them as they try to tackle culture within culture change within their organisations? So the one that kind of springs to mind is um, my last proper job where I was talent. Proper, proper job? Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm playing in a, certain, in, a, in a certain way and having a lot of fun doing it. But um, my last proper job, um, I spent three and a half years at TalkTalk Talk as their director of um, talent and resourcing. Um, and we had a brilliant um, CHRO at the time, um, Nigel Sullivan. And um, he very much focused on wanting to get congruence between the external uh, customer and the internal customer. So he put together, or we as an HR team, put together, a, um, a, I suppose, a marketing plan ultimately, not an HR plan, we never called it an HR plan, um, around great place to work. And by looking at great place to work, um, it was not only something that we wanted to achieve as an organization and actually talk talk have gone on and, and achieved that, but it made us really, it gave us a narrative to not only think about how we attracted people into our organization, but how they exited the business. So everything was bannered around great place to work. Um, all of our activity had that line of sight to how it was yeah, making it. Yeah. But we also sought feedback all the time. So we had employee focus groups. Um, we had um, an annual conference. Um, and HR was, you know, we did great place to work as part of that. And everybody felt that they were part of that story rather than it just sitting with the senior management group, for example. And was that easy to, to implement? It was. So on the one hand, it was easy to implement because the business had this heartbeat this energy that everybody was working to a common goal and that was very much set by the exec team so yeah. it was sort of you know the talk talk spirit was something special it was it was one of those places that got under your skin um and any if you talk to anybody that worked there they would say the same it was a really special place and but that wasn't to do that wasn't to do with the the, the ceo at the time just the ceo at the time who was really special it was to do with everybody, um, and that, and I've never worked in an organisation like that since. That everybody felt that they had a part to play, even though it was chaotic. I've never worked so hard in it in all my life. I felt that at the end of the day, I was working towards us all getting this um, great place to work um, sort of award, um, rather than it be something that the CEO owned or yeah. you know, Nigel did. And there were just little things that we did, like there were sort of on the spot awards for people around the values. Um, there was this annual conference where everybody sort of played a part in it. Um, we gave everybody um, a thousand shares that were part of the company. Oh, wow. So it felt like you were truly part of something that was democratizing at the time. Um, less so now, I think, in the telecoms industry against, you know, the Skies and the BTs and the Voders mm. and all of those. And that's what made it, that's what made it special. There was a real business, um, 
you know, strategy to go after, to be, you know, to be the, the sort of plucky um, provocateur in, 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 a, in a very regulated environment. But that translated itself into the way that the people and the culture um, operated. And if you try to replicate that again, I think that would be really difficult. It was, it was a combination of time and place, um, the people that were in the business, um, the, the, the money, the investment yeah. that there was for um, HR and people. It was, you know, it was on the top uh, um, agenda. Um, but it set the foundation for something great. Um, and while we didn't achieve everything that we set out to do, we celebrated the successes along the way. And I think that's really, you know, as we sort of round up, I suppose, this podcast, one of the things that I would really encourage people to do is to measure the successes along the way. Because sometimes with culture... Measurement's key. Yeah, because, you know, when you think about changing culture, if you're trying to change a culture, it can take five years if you don't measure the successes along the way, then you don't really celebrate the master. And celebrate and celebrate. Yeah, we're not very good. I don't know whether it's a British thing, but we're not very good. <laughs> but we're not very good at doing that. And and I think you know, celebrate along the way. Also, take time to um, take a step back and reflect on what went well and what didn't, and learn from it. And incrementally, a bit like. Um, Dave Brailsford used to say with the... Um, oh, Sky Cycling. Yeah, that the, the, the way that they improved and the way that they were better than any other team was because they made small incremental changes. Yeah. And that's, for me, what culture and change management is about, the small incremental changes rather than the big proposition. Yeah, I think that's really important. Joe, we could genuinely, I think, talk all day on this subject, can't we? We could, we could, <laughs> but we, we could. We, we, we are out of time. Um, Thank you for listening. It is episode one. We are learning yeah. as, as we go. Um, we'd appreciate feedback, uh, thoughts on other topics and issues Definitely. that you, you'd like us to um, cover in this podcast. Um, please do subscribe. So on your favourite podcast platform, please do subscribe to us so you get the notifications about these podcasts automatically. Um, and that's all for now. So Brilliant. thank you very much. Thank and you. And we'll uh, speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.